Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Season five. Begin! Nice. The season of the audience. This is going to be a good one. Oh, this is not yeah. a forgotten gem. Today we are doing Mike Field's favorite movie. No, that's incorrect. How do you let some guy talk to you like that? That's, yeah, you never once did I smile, never once did I laugh. While I watched this movie with my mouth agape, I could actually feel my soul leave my body. Hi, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. As you know already, each episode we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. But this season, we're not picking the movies. You, the audience, have selected our films. We're going to discuss what we love, like, or maybe not like about your movie. But we thank you for sharing your passion for the film. And as always, we recommend that everyone revisits the movie we're talking about this week. You never know, you could discover your own forgotten gem. If you enjoy our podcast, please let everyone know by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. What up? Nothing. Just about to talk about some juice. Juice, yo. You got the juice now. I don't think I have the juice. You got it. You got it. I got the juice. Okay. I guess we're talking about juice. We're talking about (laughs) juice. So, Mr. Butler, why don't you tell everybody what juice is about? All right. This is straight from IMDb by uh, a writer named Stevenson. Four Harlem teens, Q, Bishop, Rahim, and Steele, are out skipping school one day when they find out an old friend was killed in a shootout at a bar. After this, Bishop tells his friends that they have no respect or juice. To get some, they rob a corner grocery store, but things take an unexpected turn. Only the four friends know what happened, but one of them is out for himself. It's an okay synopsis. This synopsis bites. <laughs> <laughs> that is not really an okay Oh, I thought you keep going. Uh, that's no, no, it? No. At that end? That's that, the, that that is, that's that it? is synopsis. That synopsis is terrible. But why don't you tell everybody why we are doing this movie? So we're doing this movie because a friend of mine from high school, who's a listener to the show, uh, Aaron Singleton, recommended this movie. When we did the New Jack movie, he recommended Boys in the Hood. Menace to Society and Juice, and out of those all three, good, all like, good recommendations. They're all good, good films, and I was like, "Well, Menace to Society and Boys in the Hood are classics. I don't mm-hmm. know if they're forgotten. I don't know if Menace to Society is a classic. I oh, like, it's definitely not as popular. As Boys I like Menace Hood, to but. Society, but I don't like it as much as I like Boys in the Hood. But now, granted, I have not seen these movies in quite some time, mm-hmm. so that that opinion might change. But go ahead. So I was like, "Well, you know, Boys in the Hood and Menace to Society sure. are are bigger movies, but Juice." You know, I've seen parts of Juice, but Juice isn't really talked about that much. True. So I was like, you know, Juice is a good choice to throw in there for uh, audience choice. So I had it in the back of my mind when we went with audience choice, you know, threw in his recommendation in there. So he's a buddy of mine. Mm-hmm. And he, he's a fan of the show. Good. So awesome. Put it in there. The other thing about Juice is that Mass Society would, took place in L.A., right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that Boys in the Hood and Mass Society have the same kind of setting. So Juice is more New York is New York City. So it's I think got that's, an East that's Coast a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 I think that was a good choice. Good job. Good job on your part. And good job, uh, Aaron, for selecting this. So what is Juice? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Juice was released on Friday, January 17th, 1992. Oh, a fine time to release a movie in January. Tells you they didn't know maybe what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a runtime of 95 minutes, which was rated R. Had a production budget of $5 million. Opening weekend, I brought in $8 million. Uh, domestic and worldwide are the same because I don't believe this was released internationally, and that was $20 million. So brought in all total $20 million. Four times your production budget. 
Not, Not bad. bad. No, that's okay. It's good. Production company was Island World and Moritz Heyman. Now, real quick, Moritz Heyman becomes original film, which does the Fast Saga. Now that they call it mm-hmm. all the Fast and Furious movies, they just did Sonic the Hedgehog and the TV show The Boys, among other things. Island World has gone on. They're no longer. I do not believe they produce a lot of more movies uh, these days. They are now, but excuse me, they have done Toy Soldiers, Strictly Business, The Sandlot, Airheads, and the Kevin Costner movie, The War. Did you ever see The War? I have not seen The War. I don't know if I've ever even heard of that. He comes back from, quote unquote, The War, (laughs) and uh, Elijah Wood's like his son, and he has to kind of relate to his father again. It's actually pretty good. Um, Elijah Wood, like they call it the war because Elijah Wood's with his friends and they're playing war in the woods. So it's kind of, it, it deals well, with all of that. It's a father son. It's actually, it's, it's probably a movie we should put on the list because it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. But anyways, distributed by Paramount Pictures. Now I said this movie came out on the 17th of January, 92. So you, it came up against Free Jack. Did you see that one? The name sounds familiar. Free Jack's with um, Mick Jagger and I believe Emilio Estevez. He's like a race car driver. Nah. So he's a race car driver who dies, but somebody comes back in the future to the pull him from the destruction, the, the, the explosion. Okay. And they're going to replace him, his brain with like a billionaire. Like that's the whole idea. Uh, this sounds like high concept nonsense. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. And I need to watch this. Film. So what you, <laughs> <laughs> so also on the 17th, you had rush in a wide release, which was the movie with Jason Patrick. And Jennifer Jason Leigh, he's like um, undercover. And, he becomes, I, yeah, okay, yeah. Yep. and and you had a wide release of Grand Canyon, which was with Danny Glover and Steve Martin. It was like an ensemble piece. These are wide because they were limited. If you don't know this already, a lot of times in January, movies that were limited in December are come out. They, they release like 20 movies in the span of two weeks in December limited so they can get just in under the, the gun to be nominated for Oscars. Mm-hmm. But they end up going wide in january so you have a lot of wide you know really good movies going wide in january so every so all audiences can watch it so obviously russian grand canyon was one of that the week after the 24th you had in a wide release again fried green tomatoes which was obviously an oscar darling for the uh the year before and then you had the movie love crimes that was a uh, exactly you by your look don't worry that's why i, I have no Jan- idea that's why it was in I january <laughs> the week before on the 10th you had the christian slater Action comedy Cuffs, which uh, I'm sure you love. I do like. I, I know have, you like Cuffs. I haven't seen Cuffs since the 90s, so I don't know if I'll still like it, but I, I remember a lot of Cuffs in my mind anyway. Yeah. And in my mind's eye as the kid that watched it, I was like, <laughs> I really like this. I remember Cuffs, and I don't remember as fondly as you do. That's why I do not want to watch Cuffs. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Did you see that movie with Dara I've seen parts of it, but okay, I don't so know if I've ever seen that. I don't know if I've told you this story about Hand That Rocks the Cradle. So I saw the Hand That Rocks the Cradle at Milford Pub and Cinema. Now, I do you remember that? I know of it, but okay. So the Milford, the, the this is I don't live in I didn't live in Milford, but it was obviously the town over. The pub and cinema was basically like this room where you go in and they're ser- they're serving like Elio's pizza and like it's just a place to hang out to watch a movie, but you're on couches and chairs and like recliners and you're watching the movie. It's as seedy as it sounds, and it 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 smelt like a bar in there. So you, but you go in there. But I remember I watched Hand the Rush Cradle, and in the beginning of the movie, there's a scene where proctologist, not the proctologist, <laughs> the uh, the obstetrician, basically assaults the woman, and it and and as he's doing an exam because she's to find out that she's pregnant. I believe that was what it was. Yeah, and um, it it, it was so it, it was like I had it was the pizza was not good, so I was eating pizza. It was hot. It was dark in there. 
and like just the sound and all that stuff. It was just, I had, a, I, almost, I almost threw up all over the place. So I had to leave and go. And then that's I, every time, every time I see the hand that rocks the cradle, I always think about that. It's you such a, it's such a, no, 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 no. I just think about that time. I just think about that, you know, that experience of watching the movie. The movie's okay. The movie's kind of like a, like a thriller, like kind of like those, like those 90, what was that movie that came out a couple years ago with uh, Rosario Dawson? And um, the actress from Knocked Up, uh, Catherine Heigl. Yeah, and she's like obsession or something like that. She was trying oh, to. Oh, yeah. It's like that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. It's like a thriller kind of. I'm gonna steal your husband kind of thing. Steal your baby. But Rebecca De Mornay's in that. Um, it's not that. It's actually. It's not terrible. I just. I always remember that. That's like a, a that kind of that memory is always gonna be in my brain for for the rest of my life. Pub Sounds like some dude just opening up his living room. It's, like, Come you on, know, man, watch this. In my thinking back, I mean, thinking back, I, it's very uh, probably shouldn't have gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get back to this movie. So this movie is directed by Ernest R. Dickerson. He also wrote the story with. Uh, he wrote the screenplay with uh, Gerard Brown. He also came up with the story as well. This was this. The entire story was developed in film school, so it was an older script that they had put together. Uh, Dickerson is more known. He's directed movies like Surviving the Game, uh, Demon Knight, which we talk about a lot mm-hmm. on the show, Bulletproof. And he and I, he actually does uh, some of the episodes on the TV show Bosch, which I'm a big Bosch fan. So I actually was like, all right, awesome. He's But he's also known more for, um, he has been, uh, he's worked on Spike Lee movies quite often. They, they've collaborated. He's been a cinematographer for Spike Lee. He's done Malcolm X, Jungle Fever, Mo Better Blues, Do the Right Thing at School Days. So some of the earlier stuff before transitioning to a director mm-hmm. um so he he but i you know but honestly some of the movies that he exceptional bulletproof which was uh, uh demon Knight and surviving the game they're actually they're not bad which and one's bulletproof bulletproof's with adam sandler they're like two cops oh it's damon wayne yeah he's yeah the, he's the con something criminal. like that yeah i remember liking it but i haven't seen it since it came out again I remember it was not it was that. Not like, not like I thought it was amazing, but it was all right. Right. So, yeah. So, like I said, he re- he wrote this movie with Gerard Brown. Uh, the only credit I really have for Brown is that he worked on the 1998 uh, TV show Spawn. I wasn't, didn't last that long. Oh, the HBO show? I believe 98. 98 would be the HBO okay, show. Okay, there yeah. you go. That's actually not, you should, you might be interested in, that's actually really well written. Well, I remember saw the movie, but. It I is not like, the, movie. Yeah, it is, like the movie. It is an adults only kind of TV huh. show. Like, they can get away with it, like the special effects, because. In 1998, you can't do those kind of special effects. Mm-hmm. But the show's written as if it were a live action show for adults on HBO. It's actually pretty good. All right. But it only lasted one year. It tells its complete story. Okay. So maybe I'll look into it when HBO Max unloads and it's on there. I'm sure it will be. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they better put it on there. Uh, cinematography by Larry Banks. Uh, he's done mostly short films. I wonder when you have a cinematographer that's transitioned to a director like Dickerson and then you are a cinematographer on the movie with him. How much is that? Well, how is that? I, I, this is just me talking. How I'm curious if there's a collaboration that goes on or you let it, it's very tough for people to give up, you know, like when you're so used to lighting and and I'm sure you focus more on what you want visually and you can communicate that with the cinematographer, but you, if the cinematographer is not doing what you would do, I wonder if you step in there. I'm just curious. I think it's, I think it's more of an issue of, of how controlling you are. Right. But I certainly think that you have, a more close relationship with that cinematographer. Right. I think you definitely talk it out a little bit more than okay. you would normally. That makes sense. But who knows? Composers, <laughs> they have two composers here, which is they're the same person, but they have the composers for the Bomb Squad and Hank Shockley. Now, Shockley is part of the Bomb Squad. The Bomb Squad includes Keith Shockley, Chuck D, Eric Sadler, and Gary G. Wiz. Shockley has written a lot of Public Enemy songs. He, he has, you can, every time they do like Fight the Power when you saw it on Star Trek mm-hmm. and all that stuff and 
like he always has a credit because he he wrote the song. So he's his credits are long, but it's always because their song is in the movie. And they but they they, they produce more. I think they did. They they got together to do this for this movie. I'm sure they did a couple other films, but I think they do other. They basically do, you know, albums and, and other people's songs and stuff like that. Help right. produce songs and stuff like that. Uh, produced by Peter Frankfurt, David Heyman, and Moritz as, and Neil Moritz, as we talked about, they became original film. Frankfurt has produced the Blade trilogy, the three Blade movies, um, Boys, the T, the movie Boys, not the TV show, the, the movie Boys starring Winona Ryder, and he was associate producer on Lethal Weapon, among his others. Edited by Samuel D. Pollard. He is nominated for an Oscar for Four Little Girls. And he also edited Private Resort, uh, additional editing on Said Man. He does mostly documentaries, and I believe he's a professor at NYU right now. Yeah. And Brunilda Torres, who's another editor, uh, she was an additional editor on Jungle Fever and a first assistant editor on Mo Better Blues. Um, it's a very New York-centric production team. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right, so this movie starred, which as, if you've seen Juice, you probably already know it stars Tubac Shakur as Bishop. He is from Poetic Justice. These are the movies. Um, obviously, he's, <laughs> obviously, everyone would know him more as a, a singer-songwriter. Uh, but he is also in Poetic Justice, Above the Rim, and Gridlocked. Uh, Omar Epps plays Q or Quincy. Uh, he, You might know him from the House TV show. I, I know him from Love and Basketball because I like basketball, so I watched it. Uh, the program and Major League Two, amongst others. He's also, I believe he... Doesn't he get killed? Isn't he in Scream 2? I think he's the one that gets the knife in the ear when he's in the stall in the, in the beginning with, when he's dating Jada Pinkett Smith. I saw that once. I don't remember. Really? I'm not a big Scream guy. That's too bad. They're good. They're all good. Well, no, they're all good. I like them all. Jermaine Hopkins, excuse me, Jermaine Huggy Hopkins as Steel. I knew he looked familiar when I, when I was watching this movie. I'm like, I know this kid. I know this kid. He was in Lean on Me because I've seen that movie a bunch of times. He's also on Fat Beach and How to Be a Player. Khalil Kane or I think it's Kane mm -hmm. uh, as Raheem. Uh, he's from the TV show Girlfriends. He was also in Renaissance Man with Devaney, Danny DeVito and Badass. Some other people's movie. I don't know how to say that. Badass. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vincent Laresca as I can't. How do you say this guy's name? Radames? 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 I thought it was Radames, but I don't know. I don't know. He's also in Romeo and Juliet, K-Pax, <laughs> which I know you like. I do. And like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Hey, Samuel Jackson's in this. It's Trip. Now I know everyone knows Samuel Jackson. <laughs> they call him Trip, although they they call him the Sheriff. In his role is Trip. I know. That's the name of the thing. I know everybody knows Samuel <laughs> Jackson from Marvel movies. I'm gonna tell you some movies, but you don't know who he's from. Goodfellas. He was in Goodfellas. He was also in Patriot Games. Do you remember in Patriot Games? Yeah. Okay. And he was also in the Nicolas Cage movie Amos and Andrew. I just wanted to throw some movies in there that people didn't Obscure know. Obscure Sam Jackson. Obscure Sam Jackson. Because like, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you all the he's Nick Fury, really? Uh Queen Latifah <laughs> has a has a kind of a small role as her her role is Roughhouse MC. You can give her a name. Uh she's in Sphere, Mike. Remember Sphere? We did Sphere. But no I one do, will hear it. I do remember Sphere. She's also in Hairspray. She was in Chicago and Bringing Down the House. I have a, a Michael Bataluco as Detective Kelly. He's the cop, one of the cops. Mm -hmm. He was in the TV show The Practice. He's also in Old Brother Rarto. And he was in Leon the Professional, or just the Professional, as they call it. Uh, and then you had Cindy Heron in this. And she, used, uh, she played a Q's girlfriend, who he had many girlfriends, as Yolanda. Uh, her, her biggest credit is uh, she was one of the singers in Ang Vogue for the back then. So anyways. That's the people. That's who's in this movie. I, you, you, you said you, you said you never saw this. Movie. I've never seen. It. I've seen like a couple of clips here and there, but right. never seen this movie. Okay, so I had seen this movie because I always remembered the ending. I always remember the freeze frame. I always remember when I'm like, "Yo, you got the juice," and I, I always remember that freeze frame. So I had seen this movie. I don't know when I saw it or where I saw it. Mm -hmm. 
or with who I saw it with or <laughs> stuff like that. Watching it again, I actually got a better appreciation for this movie. Um, and right off the bat, one of the things I noticed, and it's tough because I don't want to compare it to New Jack City, um, but it's like a year later. But the only reason I'm going to compare it is budget-wise and first-time director-wise. Mm -hmm. So when we talked about New Jack City, I think last season. Was it yep. last season? Uh, yeah, it was last season. Yep. Um, we talked about how you could see a lot of first-time director stuff in this. You mm -hmm. could see a lot of choices that Peoples was making. And, and you know, it's fine you, if you like it or don't like it, whatever. There's a very frenetic nature to that storytelling. Um, we talked about how there's a lot of scenes that maybe were not there. Like we wanted, you know what I mean? Some threads right, that yeah. make sense. Okay. I did not get that sense here. But one of the things that I liked about this movie was the confidence in the storytelling. I loved that. Uh, I like there was some stuff in this movie that when I'm watching it, I'm just like, I was like, okay. Like I immediately knew that Dickerson knew what he was doing kind of thing in, in, a, in a good way. Not in like he, like he didn't. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed some of the shot setups. I enjoyed just story development and stuff like that. I, that gave me a bigger appreciation for this movie compared and, and had a lower budget than new Jack, new Jack city had 8 million. This was 5 million and two first time directors, but it was clear that Dickerson really had a hold of the story and knew what he wanted to do here. And I don't know. I don't know if you felt that way. Um, I definitely feel like in terms of budget wise, I feel like New Jack is trying to do more with its budget anyway. Mm -hmm. I think Juice is a smaller story, but I got a couple. I got some first time director kind of stuff. Okay. It kind of feel like like you said, they developed. Maybe it's more of a screenwriting thing. I you said it was developed when they were in college. They wrote the story. They put it together when they were in film school and then yeah. somebody saw it They and they loved it. So they worked on it. I got I kind of got film school script. Really? A little bit. I got I kind of got the guys hanging out and just. You're talking about lot, the kids, the kids hanging out, the uh, the group, the wrecking crew, they're called. I kind of got that, like watching them react and act and, and decide to rob the, the convenience store all seemed rather. And I, I did very much like this movie until I think it falls apart at the end. A, a lot of this stuff kind of started to get kind of film school esque in terms of, of the story. And I think the directing was good. And there's some shot setups that I really like as well. But there's also some shot setups where I thought it was meh. OK, well, I can, I can see where. But like you said, where New Jack City had scenes where we were like, where's this scene? Where's where's that? I don't really feel that way that much with Juice. I feel like Juice had Juice is missing a couple of parts, but I think Juice is for the most part complete. The only thing about the kids is that because I'm watching it. And one of the things I, ke I kept thinking about was the things that they were finding important were ridiculous. You know, just like in, just kind of like the oh, we're, like or the things, the stuff that they were saying, like, you know, we're. You know, they were, they, were, they were a gang and they were like a group of kids. They were tough. They had a show that, you know, but then I think about the fact that they are kids. They they're 16, 15, 16, 17 years. Old. I mean, I guess they're seniors, even though they don't go to school. Um, <laughs> they're, they're they're young. And when you're when you're young like that you and you and the situation that you're living in, you, you I, I, I get that mentality. Not me thinking back, looking back now, you know, I don't. Obviously, I think it looks it's it's foolish because I know there's more to come after that life. You know what I mean? Right. Like when you, but it, it made a little bit more sense to me that they would behave this way and they would they would put um, the onus on quote unquote being respected and if you know what I mean, being thought as tough. Oh no, I I yeah. totally think that as kids, the way they were behaving and stuff, mm -hmm. I believe them much more than I believe in what was it the last episode when we talked about go. Mm -hmm. 
I believe these guys as young people way more than I believe well, any of yeah. the kids in Go. The, the that, people in Go are dealing with real life situations that do not exist. Yeah, that these, is yeah. not real life. That is not kids being kids or white right. privileged kids being kids. That is nothing. Copy. These, <laughs> I can't these, copy that. <laughs> these, these guys, I believe, you know, they have, they're in the streets. They want respect. It's a tough neighborhood, right. but their dreams are like, I want to be a DJ. I don't mm-hmm. care about school. I'm going to be a famous. Like that's yeah. that's totally what a teenager would believe. That's absolutely the way they're hanging out. The fights they have with the gang, that the uh, Puerto Rican gang are, are very much like teenagers having mm-hmm. fights, like mm-hmm. tough kids. Mm-hmm. Just like you make fun of me. No, I made fun of you. I'm going to beat this kid mm-hmm. up in the, their scuffle. I believe all of that. Yeah, no. I, I, one of the things I also liked in this movie, and I think it goes to what, what I was talking about before in terms of um, Dickerson's, you know, hands on this movie is that it takes. It sets up everybody. It takes its time in telling you the story of these four kids. I it love doesn't, the setup. Yep. It doesn't give you the first 15. Because if this movie's made now by maybe a director that doesn't really have the sensibilities as Dickerson, it's it's being everything's in the first 15 minutes. And then, boom, they get the gun. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because when they get that gun and I to I actually thought they they got the gun earlier. And I for some stupid reason. Thinking back to the movie, I thought like they find the gun and then it changes them. Like I didn't realize that, you know what I mean? The gun became like this impetus to changing how they behave and what happens right. in, in their group. I didn't realize it was just kind of like, I got a gun. Okay, let's go. Like, well, the I, gun definitely changes Bishop. Absolutely. The Ab- gun is the juice <laughs> in a way. <laughs> absolutely. No, no, no. I get that. Um, but I I enjoy that this movie is like a good 30 minutes of just these are this is their life this is what they do this is how they behave these are their relationships you know and you get the sense of like you know bishop's always you know fighting with that gang like that the lead guy bishop wants to be tough because he right. he doesn't think he's he's always mad because his dad's not tough right because his dad's clearly got some kind of issue ptsd they didn't really have, did they really did i miss it they did never they said i know the puerto rican gang makes one of the dad but they never really they say never why they never really say why the dad is war. catatonic that's what i'm thinking yeah. a veteran Mm-hmm. So obviously Bishop doesn't think Bishop needs to act tough because he feels like his dad and his family are bringing him down. Yeah. But I think the other setup is great because at 30 minutes, it's almost like, I mean, Q's clearly your main character, but Raheem is pretty close to Q in terms of how many scenes with you get with him. He's like, he's got a kid and all these, this setup, yeah, yeah. which you need because then when Raheem gets shot by Bishop, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh shit. Yeah. They killed Raheem. Yeah. And you, if it was like you said, if it was a modern movie and they killed Raheem within the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. <laughs> I <laughs> think the they would have killed somebody. They that important. Right. And they, and it to this movie's 95 minutes long and you take a first, you, you actually, it's got a true three act structure where you take that first 30 minutes, the thir- first 30 pages. And you're like, these are the people, this is their world. And now these are some of the, red flags that you should notice in terms of a Bishop and, and his character and Q and like what he's interested in Raheem and how he is like, right. they take their time with all four. And I, and I appreciate that because then when you're 60 pages in 75 pages into this, to, I should say minutes to this movie, you actually have some kind of emotional connection to these characters because you have, they took the time to create that. Right. And that is lost, extremely lost on a lot of writers and filmmakers these days. And and I get it. Maybe that's just the way Hollywood is now, and the way the filmmaking, just sensibilities. I understand that, but there's something to say for what you see in Juice in terms of how they were able to make that connection. Absolutely. Um, and I I just I can't stress enough how my initial thoughts on this movie 
20 years ago or what I thought I, and then watching it, how they changed because I just, I really appreciated this movie a lot more just in terms of the storytelling and what like that. Oh, absolutely. Everybody talks about this movie. Always talks about Tupac Shakur. Tupac Shakur is really good in this movie. He's very good in this movie. He's good. Yeah. You don't like him. He's okay. I think he's good. I think he's very, Omar is good too. Uh, they're I'm, both good. I think the other three are, Absolutely fantastic. I think Omar Epps is is great, but I always like Omar Epps. But I was really impressed with Khalil Kane as Raheem. I thought Raheem was really, really good. Mm-hmm. I thought he played a good, I'm your best friend, good luck, but he's still making bad choices. Tupac is really good when he's the friend. He's hanging out when he's making fun of the Puerto Rican gang. And then when he becomes evil. He doesn't become evil. No, he does. He, it, is <laughs> such a, like, it is such a switch from him looking at his dad, still kind of being sad and and not respecting his father, but being just, what's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't respect his father. He's embarrassed. Yeah, but when he's looking at him, he has this this apathy, this sympathy, but also this apathy. He's angry at him because yeah. he wants, he doesn't understand why he's acting that way. So he gives way. him that five and then he goes off. But was that a five? I thought that was a hundred. No, he gives him a five. Okay. Which, uh, I was like, okay. <laughs> but I, it just, he's such an interesting character until like that turn. And then that turn, I, I don't. Well, what you're talking about when they fight in the house when he makes no, no, no. I like that fight in the house. But that's that but that's the house where that. Good. But that's where you get the, when they're watching Cage T. Oh no, absolutely. I get that he becomes Cage T. White Heat. White Heat. White Heat. Yeah. I get that he becomes this this villain, and I'm okay Cage, with the villain. So hold on, Cage T is a completely different movie. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I get that he becomes the villain of the story, in, right? Anyway, but huh. he definitely, as it goes on, when he gets that locker room scene, or not the locker room, that they're, they're in the hallway in mm-hmm. the locker. And he's like, hey. And he just appears behind the thing. I was just like, come, now it's like a completely different movie. That's the kind of movie this oh, would be I, I, Well, I like that he wouldn't realize that he's in that locker. But, but again, I love the shot when Omar, when Q is waiting for him at the diner and he comes out of the shadows behind him. I like that shot. That shot yes. is really good. That's, a, that's essentially the same type of shot. You know, the reveal. Kind because of by then he's, yeah. But I do yeah. like, I do still like, even in that locker room scene, I like when Bishop says, oh, I keep saying locker room scene. That always seen. What are you? What movie are you talking about? Are you, are you talking about Cage T? I am talking about Cage T. <laughs> when so Tupac's like, I don't care about, I don't care about myself. Mm-hmm. I don't care about you. I don't care about Raheem. That should scare, like that should scare he you. Just scare killed you. the like, guy. He, that, I, he that killed two is, people. Listen, yeah. listen. I'm not saying that I understand what it's like to just shoot somebody, but he just killed. I understand that, and I understand his thought process. I understand that he's definitely got something wrong with him. Well, and he's he, always probably always had that. He's definitely an unhinged character, but I think he takes it a little bit too much of a turn. I am crazy, but you know what else? I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about you. I don't give a fuck about Steel, and I don't give a fuck about Raheem either. I don't give a fuck about myself. Look, I ain't shit. I ain't never gonna be shit. And you less of a man than me. So as soon as I decide that you ain't going to be shit. I don't know, man. Teenagers are full of emotions and hormones and just they can't. You know what I I mean? I get that. And maybe that's why he just chooses. This is me now. Okay, I'm going to embrace it. That's fine. Yeah. If you say that. okay. But see, I don't think he's. You keep describing him as a villain. I don't think he's a villain. I think he's absolutely the villain. I I think all his. I think. I mean, it's Steel just does his own thing, but well, I think I'll get to steal. I will get to steal. <laughs> I think they're kind of all the villains in Q's story because mm-hmm. I think Q wants to have his wrecking crew. He wants to help them by doing DJ stuff. Q definitely wants a better life for himself, and he clearly has his own path set up. Sure. To him, Juice is being a successful DJ. 
Juice is having respect and earning his way in life. And I don't think he bought into that idea. I, I understand what you're saying. You? No, I'm saying like when they're like, oh, you got to have juice. I don't I think he would just sit in there going, yeah, OK, whatever. I, he just wants to go do what he wants to do. Well, to I think everybody else juice is power. Juice right. is just having that respect, respect on the streets through, you know, beating up the other guy, through robbing the convenience sure. store, through having a gun. Mm-hmm. And the Q juice is just being a better person, you know, mm-hmm. and his friends are definitely they don't. I mean, Raheem says good luck on your DJ thing. I love that. Yeah. He doesn't. He's still. I got to get that juice by robbing the convenience store. But speaking of that, when he goes up there and he spins with which to uh, uh, Omar Epps credit, he actually learned how to spin like a DJ. Oh, is that him spinning? That is his. That's that, good. That hit, exactly. He learned how to do that to, for the movie. And, and that's him up there doing it, which is, you know, bravo. That's almost like when um, Ryan Gosling learns how to play piano for La La Land. Yeah. Or not La La Land. Was it La La Land? La La Land. Yeah, La La Land. Yeah. yeah. He learned how to play piano for that. Like what? Like what did you say? What, like six hours a day for like. Forever. Yeah. 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 So that's great. And when he gets off after his first one, when he wins and mm-hmm. he's walking down and everyone's clapping for him, but like his friends aren't, they're just they're staring yeah, okay, at that's him. Just, uh... Exactly. But it's just like, it's so like, oh my God. I mean, like at that point and maybe he doesn't see it or maybe he does. It's almost like these guys aren't my friends because they would be happy for me. You know what I mean? They're more concerned about robbing the store. Yeah. You know what but I mean? That's the thing. It's like, I'm sorry. He's your best friend. This is, you know, this is the biggest deal in his life for him. Mm-hmm. All right, let's say you still want to rob the convenience store. You can't make it next Saturday. Yeah, you have to make uh, it this yeah, Saturday. I know. And it's just like, you guys suck. <laughs> and it's like, that's I, that's my note. My note when I watched the scene was, these are the worst fucking friends. When he's like, I got the DJ audition. No, we're doing it this Saturday. What is this Saturday yeah, different no. than next Saturday? Well, because in movies, you always have to have the counter, you know, the two things have to go always coincide. Well, so I get why that. are you robbing the convenience store on the weekend when the nights are busiest? I don't know. You rob it on a Wednesday Because it's night. a movie, man. Come on, kids. So let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about Steel. Let's talk about well, how come it is, how come, there's two things I want to talk about. How come in every movie that there's a group of kids. There's always the fat there's little There's always a fat kid <laughs> and he's always crying. Piggy and Lord of the Flies, Chuck, Chunk and Goonies, they're always crying. Why? 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 Why are we always more giving- sensitive kids? <laughs> it's like, oh, come on, man. Like even now it, the same thing. Like Huggins is also in Lean on Me and he cries in that, too. <laughs> it's just come on, man. And I love um, I love. But the when Bishop shoots him. He misses. He doesn't kill him because mm-hmm. he closes his eyes when he fires the gun. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah. Do you think he did that, though? He doesn't do that when he shoots the gang leader, the other kid. Oh, the gang leader is definitely like, now I have the juice. I'm going to take this yeah, guy out. Yeah. yeah no, but, th- but but do you think he closes his eyes because he's shooting his friend he's when shooting he fires? His friend, yeah. yeah. But he's going to do it because yeah. at this point he thinks, I mean, as soon as he killed Raheem, he's like, again, now I'm defending my, my going against my own point. <laughs> He has to, he has to be this like that's well, kind of to my point. He has to be this villain, mm-hmm. and so he doesn't want to be. But you know his stupid kid mind is like, this is me now. I have to be this. This is who my character. Yeah. So he has to play the part. He doesn't want to shoot Steel, but he does. Yeah. And you know Raheem, he didn't want to shoot Raheem. It was kind of a spur of the moment in the heat. Like he right, had the gun. And he just right. Yeah, had the gun. That's what he did. Yeah. So, with the convenience store clerk though. They shot them right that's the premeditated for sure. Oh, yeah, that, was, that was like, yeah. And that's why all his friends are the correct reaction was, oh, whoa. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like Steel. I one of my favorite scenes is when one of the things that is most relatable is, you know, Steel's in his top bunk with his brother no, and the foot's down. Yeah. So the brother is just like, you know, screw it. He 
pulls his brother down. I was like, yep, that, that reminds me of me and my brother. They never go back. They never see that brother ever again. You see Q's younger brother again. Yeah, you don't see that kid. But again, you never no. go back to Steele's family. They said, which is fine. They set up the family, and that that that's not a problem with that. Yeah, Q's family is obviously the most important because Q's our main character. He's but. well, yeah, he's the one that yes, we we root for. Which so the ending. I don't like the ending. Okay, well, I'm gonna. So you don't. <laughs> I like, know. I know about the. Okay, ending. Yeah. so go ahead. Go ahead. So the ending that they the ending that we get. Is Q is facing off against Bishop on this rooftop. He's ch- yeah. He sh- when he goes shoots him, he tries to shoot him in the elevator. At that point, if you didn't know Bishop had lost it at yeah. that point, he lost. Oh yeah, it. he's lost it. But by this point, at the end, Q has disarmed Bishop, so now they're fighting hand to hand. Well, or except that Bishop has a plank, <laughs> <laughs> so they're fighting on the rooftop. Q's able to overpower him. Bishop kind of goes off the edge of the roof, and. Q's trying to still trying to pull up Bishop and save his friend, mm-hmm. even if though his friend has gone off the edge. Yeah. And Bishop screaming, don't let me drop. Don't let me drop. Yeah, I he, don't want to die. I don't yeah, want to die. Yeah. And he just slips off and dies. Mm-hmm. First of all, he disappears on the scene. He just vanishes. like Which I like. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I love that. I hate that. I thought it was so corny. I thought it was awesome. Oh, I like, like he that. He disappears like a ghost. I'm just I, like, ugh. I like come that. On. I like that. No, 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 yes, no, no. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. yes. But then we get Q turning around. The entire party that he had ran through to get to this roof okay. is what had watched the scene. They're all, they tell sta- him, they're all standing there like they're a choir, like they're about to start singing, like they're on rafter. On oh. rafter. <laughs> and then he fell. Okay, good. They got to tell it on the streets because now Q's got the juice. So they go, oh, you got the juice now. And Q just kind of shakes his head and we get freeze frame and right. credits roll because Q never wanted the juice. Right. And that is not the juice to Q. Well, they all also are we to imply that the kid's telling him he's got the juice because he thinks that he threw him over the side. They, I think they clearly watched the whole fight. I hope so. <laughs> whether, so whether he dropped them or Bishop slipped, he still be Bishop. I got you. Go so yeah. now he's got it. But. And I get that. And I get that 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 works, that Q doesn't want the juice. And I like that it ends on there. You don't get this big wrap up of now the cops are taking, you know, stealing Q away and they're going to just get probation because they realize it was whatever. Yeah. But the original ending. Yes. Was Q puts Bishop over the edge and Bishop doesn't want to be saved as Q's trying to pull him up. Bishop Mm -hmm. wants to die because Bishop already said, which fits with Bishop's character, because he says in school, I don't care if I live or die. It's not about that. But before I die, I'm getting that juice. I'm well, getting that you, power. You, well, you get that also in the scene when they're watching White Heat and he's talking, he's seeing James Yeah, Ka- exactly. James he calls Dunn. back yep. to White Heat when he goes, that's how you go out in a blaze of glory. Yep. yep. You know, it doesn't matter how long you live as long as that's how you go out. Yep. That is the original ending and the correct ending. And test audiences didn't like it. Yes. They did not like it. And they then, wanted Bishop to to cry for his life. And well, they didn't like they didn't like the way it ended. And Paramount told him to change it. Exactly. Did Paramount not watch the same movie? Did they not watch no. the movie? No, they probably it's didn't. It's just like, oh my because, God. Because they don't care. Because if Tess audience said they didn't like it, then that means they're not going to make enough money, which means change it. Exactly. That's what that means. Here's my question. Who was in that test audience? A bunch of white mothers probably. watching this? Probably. Because anybody else watching this movie probably <laughs> would be, that's the right ending. Yeah. Where Bishop wants to die because it fits his character and it right. calls back to the middle of the movie where he's watching white heat. Like if you're in that, like test audience, test audiences are usually run by a proctor. If you're the proctor, do you at some point go like, did you watch the scene when they watched white heat? Did you not understand that they're hearkening back to that? Yeah, we don't like it. Well, then you're stupid. Exactly. Come on. There's a, <laughs> no. at some point you got to rest on your laurels right. and be like, no. And they, and to their, as a first time director, maybe he's just like, well, if you want it, I don't want to lose my jobs. I understand that. But he, and I know he says that he regrets that he did that. But honestly, 
I understand. I can understand why he did it because you want the movie to be out there. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, shame on you, Paramount exec, whatever exec did that. Cause you clearly don't understand what's happening in this movie. The whole movie is set up for this ending and you just, it's, it's annoying. It's the original. You almost want them to re-release it with the original. I was ending. just going to say, I want the director's yeah. cut. And yeah. It's too bad that it's not out there because I really was. I really like juice, even though I think the third act kind of stumbles and becomes this like weird kind of teenage villain thing <laughs> a little bit. It's still really good. It's also 95 minutes, though. You know what I'm saying? Like if this movie was two hours, mm -hmm. I, that criticism of would probably be more valid. I'm not saying it's not valid. I'm saying it would be even more because it's such a long movie, but it's 95 minutes. It's tight. It's to the point. Right. So you're okay with that. And it moves and it's great. And then yeah. you get this ending and it's just, as I watched, I was like, as soon as Bishop cried for his life, I was just like, no. Yeah. I thought he was going to let himself fall and just don't save me. Let me go. Absolutely. And, That's and, the ending. And that, then I read that that was the ending and I was like, okay, now I like the ending better because now I know that wasn't the, yeah. their choice. The, Knowing that right. makes me like the end more because in my mind's eye, I can say. That's the original ending. The original ending is this. So this movie. I can Absolutely. just ignore Bishop's cries for right. help. So that stupid executive and those stupid <laughs> test audiences have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, no on. idea what they're talking about. Dumb. Uh, you're right. That's, that's the ending that should have happened. That's the ending they set up. And, you know, what are you going to do? You're beholden to the people that are giving you money for yeah. it. So, like, Do you not like that Tupac dies? Is that it? Like, that's the other thing. Is like, are your test audience all Tupac fans? Because even still, this Tupac was, fans should still like But this was way before he was, like, he was. He wasn't big, big yet. Right, he, he was, was even his first album. I see. I was, I should have done more research, but he was writing on the set, like he was creating uh, his, the songs that are, he became popular for on the set. So he wasn't really big yet. But then he, you know, this was this came out. Then his album came out. Then he just okay. So he this dies was, five years later. He dies in ninety six. So he wanted, yeah. So, so he, he wanted. He, blow, be, he explodes. So he wanted to be an actor first, and then he became a singer songwriter. No, no, no. I think he was always going to be. I think this was just kind of like. Lucky happenstance, like he, he auditioned. What I what it. I read is that he was already, you know, he was already friends with a lot of people within the scene. Okay, and he there's two stories, and which who knows which one, you know, he went and read for it. Uh, he went and read for Q, and then he read for Bishop, and they liked him, or they read again. That's what I heard. Then okay. I heard, then I read that he went with Tretch from uh, Naughty by Nature, and he asked, "Hey, could I read?" And he nailed the audition there because he threw a chair. Who knows what's there. <laughs> Uh, he just probably read and they loved him and they, they put him in, but he was already like out. He was already, you know, involved in entertainment. Right. He knew that's gotcha. what he wanted. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, when you're first starting out, you're just going to take any, any, right. any shot you can. I don't think he'd be a good Q. Well, who knows? Me. Whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah. The one thing, but what I was going to talk about at the end too was, so it just ends on the freeze frame and I'm thinking to myself, I kind of want to see what happens with Q and they drop that radio thing in the end where he's on his you hear his, he, album. his album drops and i'm like that's okay but like but then i'm thinking okay he's gonna have to talk to the cops they're gonna want to know what happened you know like all those people on the roof what did they see like there's a lot of like unknown stuff and i guess i'm okay with it but then it still was in my head the kind of like well what exactly is going to happen with him because eventually they're going to discover that that gun was used in the robbery and eventually they're going to discover that Q was there. He's an accomplice. He's, you know what I mean? Well, which gun did Bishop hide? Bishop has two guns. No, 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 he doesn't. He has one gun. Where did he get the second gun? You don't know. No. Raheem has... tries to grab the gun from Bishop and Bishop pulls no, another gun out of no, his he pants. Doesn't. That's the, no, he doesn't. That's his belt. That's his belt buckle. He only has one gun. There's only one gun. Are you sure? I'm positive. I'm positive. I want to pause this for a second. 
Why? <laughs> so during that pause, we rewatched the scene from Juice where Raheem tries to wrestle the gun from Bishop. And lo and behold, Bishop had two guns. Game, set, match, Butler one, field zero. Now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Why hide one gun? What, which Yeah, but which gun? I think the murder gun is the one he hid. So he's got the one that killed Raheem, so they still don't have the gun that killed the convenience store clerk, although their fingerprints are all over the murder gun, the convenience store murder gun. At some point, they're going to place Q at the scene of the robbery. Oh, absolutely. And he's going to be... Now, granted, he's a juvenile, so maybe... That's the thing, yeah. Okay, okay, but... Or maybe they don't. Maybe they just kind of open and shut case. They don't care. Whatever. Whatever they're saying. It, not explaining it is awfully tidy, uh, but I, I think there's going to... There would be some kind of... Not reckoning, but it's a consequence for Q being involved with the convenience store. Well, he didn't murder the guy. True, but but okay, but Steele. I think I think they still probably go like Steele definitely. As soon as he told his sister, his sister's um, Raheem's sister, Raheem's sister's definitely going to the cops. Right. She probably wants. She obviously wants justice for her brother. Right. 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 I think Steele and Q probably go to jail, or juvenile hall, or probation, or whatever for a set amount of time. Yeah. Well, but Q gets out. He's still got street cred. No, now he's still got fine. juice. I'm fine with that. So but now still, you still see his DJ. But, but thing. still, there, there, there's going to be a reckoning, right? I still think maybe that DJ thing that they're doing at the credits is like two maybe, years later. Maybe you're, yeah, because they don't want to. So you can see that. Yeah. Q maybe still paid for his crime, but he's out there and he's he's no longer got Bishop hanging over him or Raheem having him make these bad decisions. Right. I mean, Steele obviously, although he was in on the crime, Steele clearly had reservations about it too because. When they go to the convenience store, Steele's all of a sudden panicking. He doesn't want to do it. Right. Well, I th- that's the other thing. I know, one of the things I enjoyed was, this, well, you saw it more with Raheem, I guess. Uh, maybe with all of them is the, you know, they, they all want to be tough, tough to, to do, you know, to do this. Right. But then when it happens, it's like, what do we do? What do we do? Pan the panic. That's that it. Yeah. yeah I, because it is because you, you act tough to a point and, and, terms of obviously this is a bit more of an extreme you know killing a person but let's just say like just hanging out you act tough and then something happens and it kind of you shrink a little we talked about that last week with go where sarah Polly's character was you know was trying to be apathetic and was the way she was behaving like but then you realize the terror in her eyes when she realizes that she's about to get busted that kind of thing i'm just you realize about, the terror i'm talking yeah. i'm talking about you, yeah. the dichotomy between yep. the two the two feelings having two feelings at the same time very difficult uh you're the actor for an actor to feel two different things and emote those at the same time. Right. But it often happens in life. So, you know, that's, that's all I'm saying. Um, not that I'm comparing the two movies. Uh, <laughs> was truancy such a big issue I was gonna in the bring 90s that up. where cops just are chasing you from roof to roof? Oh, my God. They really want these kids to go to school. Seriously. What's the point? <laughs> I mean, I was like, that scene happened before at least went to bed. And I mentioned that to her. I was like. Are truant officers that hardcore in New York City? Yeah. It's, Get to school. <laughs> it's what's probably more realistic, definitely now, is when Steele sneaks out, runs out, and the truant officer from the school chases after him. He's just like, ah, whatever. Yeah, he goes across. <laughs> he gives him one block and then goes, nah. Yeah, I know. I do you think that's funny when Steele's busy playing Street Fighter and he's winning? Yeah. And everybody else is running. He doesn't care. He just wants to beat the score. <laughs> yes. Uh, I used to have Reebok air pumps. I figured you did. They suck. They, they, they. You, you did them. They pumped, and you just you, they were terrible. I, I, mean, I remember one year I really wanted them, and my mm-hmm. mom wouldn't get them for me. She's like, "No, 
these are the stupidest things. They oh, they're all, they they're, don't do anything. Listen, when and even the Reebok store guy was like, yeah, you don't, you don't want pumps. <laughs> and I was like, that is so cool. <laughs> they are cool. I like them. I, but they just, they, after a while, it was just like, they didn't pump up and it's like, they stink. <laughs> 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 but they were cool when you got them. <laughs> I, I did get a pair of Jordans once. Those were my nicest I don't sneakers. think I've ever, I, I but they were they were white and red. They were so nice. And then I never wore them because I never wanted to scuff them. Mm-hmm. So it was pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that record clerk and how, how how really ugly she was. Listen, she's got to get that other gold tooth. <laughs> I was like, God bless you, Q. Take him one for the team here. <laughs> That's why, like, I think when he saw her from behind, he's like, all right, this is going to be easy. And then she turns around. He's just like, I love that he's trying to hide his own smile and laughing while she's trying to get the number. Yeah, it's funny. But like Q has like four girlfriends. And they're, uh, who's he got? Well, not four, but he, so he goes, so Yolanda. Yeah. Let's bring up Yolanda. I mean, it's cool okay. in movies when a, when a kid from high school is going out with an older lady, it's like, oh yeah, good for you. In real life, that's called pedophilia. Yeah. And she's and like, you're complete, getting busted. wait a minute, but that's not the same girl that when he went, is that the same girl he went over the house when the old guy was there? That, that yeah. Really? Same, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, but. So she's 30 something probably. Seriously. What are you doing? And you're like completely okay with it. I maybe that's just something that we I, I don't know. That's, it's a it's a movie thing. <laughs> real life, you're going to jail. <laughs> well, maybe he's 18. Maybe that the, the point is that he's you know he's not. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just don't get it. I don't I don't know. I don't know how they never really say how old they are. I mean, if right. he's a senior, then you better get to class quick because mm-hmm. he's I don't know if he's graduating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have as many times as they skip class, but. They don't. They, they clearly don't go to school. They, they have, you see Donald Faison in the movie. I love that. Yeah. He makes it kind of a lot of dust on that. Or yeah, yeah, he's like, it's been so long, you forgot. Okay, <laughs> that's it. And he leaves. But I, he, because he, I think he auditioned for one of the other roles or Q's role or something like that. Didn't get it. But like he, what clueless was ninety six. So yeah, he's yeah. he's four years later. He's you know, you know. Then he gets Turk. <laughs> yeah, well, that that's a great role. Yep, that's a great role. Um, what about Sam Jackson hitting on teenagers? Did you notice that? That was funny. I, I, every time it happened, I was just like, "This is this is really." Uh, he's just like, "Hey, man, it's gross, up? but it's yeah. funny." <laughs> and he's talking with the other older guy when they're at the arcade. The, the only two like grown men. Yeah, and they're talking about their uh, some lady's ass or whatever. Yep, yep. I thought that was great. Do you get that the um, the gang the I can't redeemus redeemus. The Puerto Rican gang that he would get the Chinatown reference that he would be able to would know that Chinatown reference in 1982, did, maybe. Yeah, but also, I'm, I'm thinking that these guys are in film school, they're writing this, they probably, you know what I mean? Like, they put that in. Oh, there, absolutely. You know? That's why, yeah, they, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think like, they might you ever see I, Chinatown, he's gonna cut his nose. I didn't think it was realistic that yeah. Tupac's watching White Heat. I'm sorry, that's an old movie, well, they're in at 1992. Home. Yeah, I know, but they're at home watching TV. You're, you, that's another probably filmmaking thing. Oh, excuse me, film like a I film think, school yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, unless you really appreciate film. Like uh, unless Tupac's uh, Bishop's character really wanted to go to film school, you're not watching a movie that old. True, that's but that's really that's old. the quickest and best way to get your point across for an ending that obviously never happened, as we talked about. Sure, is to have that. So that's the best way to do that. And so I don't have a problem with that. Let's talk about Jackie Sweets, the middle aged gun dealer, who's. <laughs> <laughs> well, she asked him, "Are you uh, what she said? You What's his mother's name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell her I said, tell Jackie said hi. Here you go. That gives him a free gun." I think she must know that the word on the street gets around. I mean, the sheriff knows that he got the part for the DJ audition when he's walking back from getting the DJ audition. True, true. So I think word gets around the street pretty quick about what's going on a little bit. Right, right. So I think she knows that even if she doesn't know that Bishop's doing it or who's doing what and 
they know that Raheem got killed. Mm-hmm. I think they probably know that something happened in the convenience store. Mm-hmm. So she knows that he needs some kind of protection. So she gives him that little pea shooter. Piece sure. Of crap, and he throws it in the ocean. Well, because, because he doesn't want it. Cause that's not how he wants Return to turn the thing. Those are expensive. That was, that's more, it's, <laughs> it's more symbolic, symbolic when he throws it into the East ocean. river. How about the scene when the cops bring him in? Did you like the way that was shot? I actually liked it. It's a lot. okay. I, I was I, when I, they're I coming in out of darkness and into the light, and and but what I kept thinking also was how has Steele not confessed? He was like so he looked like he was ready to talk. Like I could not understand how he did not talk. He almost does every time. Everything he Steele says is very like on the brink of oh oh exactly. Oh. Like they should have just been like there should have been a scene when the two cops are together. And they're like let's just talk to the fat kid because he's clearly going to talk to well, us. I think that's that's clearly what they did because he's clearly so close. Yeah. And even Steele says I can't remember exactly what they say, but I know Steele's description of the events don't quite match Bishop's mention of the events. Mm-hmm. But they don't give anything away to the point where it is any kind of evidence that they can use. Mm-hmm. But it's like their defenses don't line up at all. <laughs> Maybe they should ask to borrow Steel's giant flannel jacket. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is huge. Yeah, so, well, we haven't asked the question yet. Why do you think this was forgotten? Well, it might be forgotten. One thing I wanted to bring up, which might be why it's forgotten. Okay. Is one of the things I like about this film, which I kind of brought up right before we were recording, is that this film isn't necessarily, like, you described, somebody described it as a hood film, you said, on the Wikipedia. When I was on Wikipedia, it it I was walking Wikipedia, I was you look it up and it was just like they always have external links one of the external links was like it was like new jack city uh boys in the hood and it was just like list of all hood films and i was like come on wikipedia be better than that (laughs) first of all the term hood is kind of derogatory it is derogatory (laughs) kind of also this isn't really a film about you know this is about would you this is a film about kids it's not a film about you could take put this film as they could be affluent kids. They this could is a be, coming of age film. They could be in suburbia. They could be white. They could be black. They could be Asian. They could be Latino. They don't need to be anything. This is exactly a coming of age coming film of age about film. kids who growing up in a tough environment, in a yep. tough environment, and wanting to be tough. It doesn't even have to be a tough environment, but wanting to well, be. I'm saying this movie. Wait, this right. movie, yeah, wanting to be tough. Right. And I think that that kind of sets it back in terms of if you're watching this film, maybe you want it to be more boys in the hood. You want it to be more menace to society. You want it to be more new Jack. You want it to be more like tough in the projects, you know, gangster kind of a film. And it's not really a gangster type crime film. It really is a coming of age tale for kids, not for kids, but of kids. And I think maybe that sets it apart. If you're looking for a crime thriller, this isn't really going to well, fit your bill. Part of the reason probably why this is grouped together with those is you had um, your New Jack City was 91. Mm-hmm. Boys in the Hood was 91. They're both big hits. Yep. They're both popular, both critical. New Jack City is a critical darling, but Boys in the Hood was a huge hit. Um, it launched a Singleton's career. Um, so you had movies that were very popular. You know, executives were like, okay, we got to get our next Boys in the Hood. So you know, Absolutely. they were reading yeah, yeah, yeah. tons of scripts like this. So in that regard, that's the relationship you have between Juice and these other movies. But you're right. Juice is not, is even though the setting is similar in terms of tough environments and, and young black kids, it is a coming of age tale about, of, of that deals with Q, but also deals with three other friends and just kind of what happens in, you know, when a situation arises between, you know, when, when a gun is introduced or anything like that, when the quote unquote, the, right. the attainment of juice is, is, is 
more important to these children than anything else, to these teenagers than anything else. Yeah. But it's absolutely not. It's it's very different from those other movies that we're talking about. But those other movies' success are the reason why Juice gets made, or part of the reason why absolutely, Juice gets yep. made. Um, but it's just, I actually prefer this movie to New Jack City. I when we did I New still, Jack City, I still love New Jack. We, I, but I like I did. I am surprised how much I like Juice. Not like I was expecting Juice not to be good, right. but because I hadn't really, I had heard of it, but no one really talks about it. I wasn't expecting it to be anything great. I, I, I really enjoyed. It's a, it's a fresh, interesting, better told. It is a better told story. Better I will admit that New Jack City is New Jack City is good is, for different reasons. It bleeds cool. Absolutely, and no, that's no, no. I think what New Jack right. kind of skates, and on that's that cool. fine. Yeah, and and also it's symbolic nature of of the crack epidemic and all that stuff. Right, that's fine. It's more of a we talked about. It, it's more of a, it's more of a not a societal movie. It's more of a influential film, I guess. Maybe maybe that's well, I can't remember what we talked about. We talk about like it's like a fairy tale, like almost like right, a, right, right. It's a different type of yeah, story. It's a fable, right? It's a different type yeah. of story. This this just feels like. A stronger story, or I res- responded to the story in Juice more strongly than I did maybe the other movies. But there's no other comparison other than it's the reason why it got made was their success. Other than that, it's a coming of age tale about these kids, and they're, it's all well acted. I mean, I'm not a huge Steel guy in terms of just he's more of a caricature, I would think. Yeah, you know I, what I mean. I mean, I still like. So you need a little bit of that levity. That Steel kind of brings I, that's to it. Fine, but but. But the other three, the three other leads were all strong. Yes. Even though you didn't like Tupac as much as I did. Right. I think Tupac. Yeah. I think yeah. Tupac is yeah. acting. Yeah. So it's good. It's a good acting, but I don't think he's reacting as realistically as maybe you wonder. You wonder if the original ending was put in there, if this would have done better. And I think it would have. I think so. as well. I think it would have had better word of mouth. I think January release is tough for this movie. This movie is. I mean, Anything in January? For, no, it's still made a good for yeah. twenty million dollars for January release. That's 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 very good. Back in the nineties, it's very good. No but, huge leads. No, true, absolutely. At the time, anyway. Yeah, these are all these are all people at the beginning of their career. I mean, you didn't have like a Judd Nelson thrown in there. Just to, I keep referencing Wesley Snipes from you know you didn't have big names, right? You know what I mean? Because even Sam Jackson is not a big name, but he is not as big as he is now, obviously. But this is pre-dressed. Queen Latifah. I mean, you had Fab Five Freddy in there. You had Dr. Dre in there because they were at the MC stuff. Yeah. New York centric based stuff. Did a lot of Def Jam stuff. Yeah. In the movie. Because you had MTV raps there as well. That's what Fab Five was there for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised Def Jam didn't produce it when you were listing off the production facts. I was surprised Def Jam didn't have a Maybe. Well, those were the only, I mean. Listed. Yeah. The only two names I had. Yeah. I didn't do a deep dive in associate The very first thing you see is a Def Jam record going down on the the table. Back. I mean, credit now. Like in terms of like how credit is put into movies or people it's trying different to get, than it's different than back then, then you know, because you have, you have to credit everybody now in terms of right. there's always, you know, I did. You, I do. I do always mention titles, how much I don't like opening titles in the early 90 films when they're shaky or lame. Yeah. I really like the uh, neon spin disc. Uh, titles. <laughs> I, I thought they were really cheesy in 90s, but it really worked. And yeah. I, I, thought, I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. All right. So thanks, Aaron, for suggesting this. I mean, I, I appreciate I always appreciate when I can revisit a movie and, and uh, I have a, a different opinion and a favorable opinion of it. It just, you know, it's part of this season, even though we don't like some of we didn't like some of the movies, but it's still great to go back and hear everyone's suggestions. But it's always great to that. I don't know if I would have put juice on our list. I don't know if I would have thought of it because even when you suggested no. it, I was like, OK, but I never would have thought of it. And that's great because I wouldn't have rewatched it again and I wouldn't have appreciated it a bit more. Right. When we were. When I was coming up with different movies, because when I was watching New Jack, I wanted to put Menace to Society. And then just, when it was mentioned, you know, I was like, I don't think this is forgotten. 
And like yeah. that solidified it. But there was an alternate option in juice that we could have put down right. that I wouldn't have thought. Yes. And it's it's the it's the fan, it's the audience that, you know, recommends something. When we yeah. recommend one thing and it attaches to another, mm-hmm. it's like because we were making those comparisons with New Jack. And I think that makes for a better conversation. Sure. And it's an interesting way to look at films. Yeah. Being able to compare something so close to uh, the release of something else. Yeah, absolutely. And so. I, anyone out there, you can find it. It's on Prime? It's on Prime. Yeah, available you gotta rent on Prime. it. I would definitely check it out. If you missed it or maybe you saw it, you don't remember too much. It's it's worth a re- it's absolutely worth a revisit. All these movies are. It is not the kind of film so. you might think it is going into it. Absolutely, it, it, I know. It's I, well told. I, I would assume that when I tell somebody, "Hey, you've seen Juice," they immediately think of Tupac Shakur. Oh, here's really good in that. Yeah. Or oh, he's great in that. But you should watch it again because there's a lot more than just that. He is good in it, but there's more than just that. Yeah, everyone is good in it. Right. It's a good story. Right. So thanks, Aaron. Thanks for suggesting it. Next week, we'll be wrapping up season five. Audience choice. It comes to an end, Mike. Say it ain't so. I'm saying it's so. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So next week, we are going to be wrapping up with a movie that I actually like. And I don't know. You said you didn't like. Uh, we're going to be seeing the 2000 so, wrestling movie, Ready to Rumble. I, I, I'm i telling you. It's, I watched listen, it once and I thought it was pretty corny. But I'll watch it again. It is, maybe it, my, maybe it is corny. But there's, <laughs> it makes, I don't know why it makes me laugh. There's stuff in there that makes me laugh. And I've, I've always enjoyed this movie. So it was a good, it was a good choice. I, I saw just, it in middle school. So maybe I'm not, <laughs> maybe I'll like it a little bit more. But So this was suggested to us by Joey DiCarlo. Uh, he's from the So Wizard podcast. And we'll have him on next week in terms of his audio and why he recommended it and, and whatnot. And he can pump his show to you and, and all that stuff, which is also a great thing but that's it we'll be wrapping up season five next week do you want to do our standard hey come visit us at local places (laughs) sure i'll do the come visit us at local places (laughs) come visit us at forgotten cinema podcast.com it's not local it's on the internet it's local as local gets (laughs) it's right there in your dining room or living room wherever you're on your laptop when you go on forgotten cinema podcast.com there's a link to our merch store if you want to buy some of our merch there's also a link to all of our episodes past and present as well as a contact page if you have recommendations just because this is all audience choice doesn't mean we don't pepper our audience choice in throughout our seasons that we guys we go forward so go ahead and recommend a movie let us know how you did let us know your comments on movies on our social media posts we have social media on twitter facebook instagram we're all over the place at yeah. forgotten cinema pod let us know what you think of the movies watch our commercials please and yeah, rate, Remember review, to tell like, people. Review, rate, subscribe, spread the word about our show. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. So wherever you're listening to this, plus way more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, go watch Juice. Uh, join us next week for Ready to Rumble. And that's it. I'm Mike Field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Season five, audience choice. Yo, you got the juice now, man.